Welcome back to the Biohogs Weekly Recap. I'm your host, Will Kirkpatrick. And welcome back to a season recap for the ages. I'm going to go ahead uh, and, and, and run through some stuff about the season this episode. I'm going to talk to some people. We're going to talk to the number one scorer. I'm going to talk to the champ. We're going to talk to the double champ, right? Post-Super Bowl, we found that uh, Weston's team also won the Super Bowl. So winning you know, his third championship in a row in this game and winning the championship is huge. So we got a, we got a jam-packed episode, but I wanted to start us out with something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I don't know, maybe I, you know, I have a few different things to say. I think that everyone is in constant critique of, like, you know, the next generation. It's always like, ah, these kids, ah, whatever, all this stuff. And right now, right, you know, most of us are in our mid-20s to early 30s, and we are um, probably either a little bit judgmental of, you know, the Gen Zers, or we are just coming out of the... The, of that right generation that is currently being criticized, like a lot of millennials that are you know early thirties and forties, and well, I think we are in somewhat of a desert of media literacy. I think that, and I think that it is further exemplified now. I. If I explored, and I don't because I study biology, obviously. But if we explored, right, the history of media and the way that people report things and the way that people take things, I would say that we could probably find a pretty steady, like pretty normal um, distribution, right, across any generation, any time, any particular time of media literacy. Now, what I mean, what I mean by media literacy is like the ability to watch or consume, you know, watch, read, whatever. It's a general consummation, consummation, consumption, consummation. You're not having sex with the media. You might be. General consumption of media I think we are at an all-time low, or at least close to it, of the ability of the general public to consume and understand media. And I think it's gotten to the point where people don't even understand fiction. Now, we have no excuse now. This is, I think, where it, it all comes to a head, where it's like maybe it's a bit different, right? The, sh- the perspective has shifted a bit. Like Whenever War of the Worlds was first released as a radio show, People didn't understand, right, that this wasn't happening. There was that widespread panic that was like, oh my god. Now, see, that's the thing. People like to use this as an example all the time. Fact of the matter is, right, like, there were some people, a decent amount of people, who did understand. Who did get that this was not, right, a, uh, that this was a radio show and this was not reality. But I think we live in an era, and we live in an age where we have, we have unlimited access to not only the media that we consume, whether it be social, whether you know books, podcasts, radio, movies, television. We have 
access to all of it. We also have access to every step of production that goes into everything. We have that ability, right? We have we can look at every piece of content and we can find the producers and we can find the people who wrote it and we can find the people behind it. We have access to all these things. And yet, we still have people who criticize fictional work works they criticize these fictional works or whatever on on some basis like this is some representation of how the creators feel right and this could get you know skewed in some way as oh well you just can't you know for example you just can't say anything anymore that's such horse this this can't be made anymore i was listening to a podcast recently where there was uh, one of one of the uh, like side pretty wasn't one of the hosts one of like the people who you know they produce the show and they occasionally chime in a producer kind of chimed in and was like I don't think you could make the office nowadays I'm a fan of the office it's a pretty popular show that's not a hot take I watched it all through high school loved it all through college I would you know um, my parents watched it when it first came out I would watch it when I was a kid and I didn't fully understand it but I thought it was funny right um, and I'm I, currently I, I was like you know what I'm gonna do like a I'm gonna do like a month of Peacock because I just want to watch it I haven't watched it in a few years I've been watching it it's very funny and the and 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 I was sitting I was watching the episode the Christmas party episode where uh, Michael turns the office you know into it turns the the uh, Secret Santa into a Yankee swap or a white elephant what have you. And it just, chaos ensued. He bought a way too expensive gift for Ryan. And so, you know, that, everybody, we've all seen it, right? And there were several uh, comments and moments in the episode that I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, insensitive or that's whatever. And then the next episode started, it was the the booze cruise. And he pointed at Kelly and was like, oh, you know, we're, he was naming all the office people from Gilligan's Island. He's like, I'm the skipper and you're Gilligan, Dwight. And he pointed at Kelly, who is an Indian woman, and said, and you're the native. And, like, I think that's what these people are getting at is that you couldn't say that. But when I am speaking about this age of media illiteracy is he is a fictional character and is not necessarily a good person, right? He's actually portrayed, especially early on, as a bad person and a bad boss. So him saying culturally insensitive and insensitive things makes sense. I don't, people can't, they can't for the life of them separate. And it goes on both sides too, right? It's not this, oh, we can't make anything anymore. It's also like, as soon as a a villain or as soon as a character, even not a villain, as soon as a character shows any complexity and maybe it isn't exactly what everyone agrees with, there are people on both sides who are like, oh, well, you can't make stuff like this anymore. And there's also people who are like, I can't believe that, you know, this director thinks that there's people who criticize Martin Scorsese because he doesn't make movies about good people. I'm not exaggerating. A while back, all these stupid-ass Marvel people who were criticizing Martin Scorsese for saying, I don't think that that is a good piece of media. He was talking about superhero movies and the height of and he was like this isn't for me. I don't like it. I don't think that they're good movies. I don't think that any of this is art. That's all he said. Which, you know, you can agree or disagree. That doesn't matter. All they're saying, well, he makes the same movie and over and over again. Oh, well, he does all this. <sighs> oh, well, he just makes movies about bad people. Who gives a shit? It's fiction. 
And we live, I believe, in an era where you cannot make, you cannot get the public to understand what fiction is. And I think that I am speaking about, honestly, a very vocal, probably small percentage of the population who all they consume, right, are these like Marvel movies and and just like superhero bullshit and just like this this era of just like this condensed gray non-art just f- flat bullshit. And and the thing is like I'm not I'm not trying to like criticize like, they're the first ones that come to mind, right? Because there's a billion of them. Uh, I grew up I loved the Avengers. I liked, you know, Captain America and stuff and I liked uh a lot of them. I liked the like the uh, third Thor movie. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I regularly like. I watched the Suicide Squad, the one that James Gunn did. Very very good movie. Loved it. There's nothing wrong with you know that genre as it it has become right of like superhero whatever. But like I think that in modern times right these dumbasses have consumed so much of that that they can't that they don't understand what like actual art is like they don't understand that what they're watching is fiction and what they're watching is essentially what comic books were 60 years ago where there was like a billion of them and everything was just condensed into like the but the difference is right back then those the comics were colorful and the comics like there were complexities in the characters and whatever else and we have just seen the same friggin' movie over and over and over and over until the point where, like, I don't give a shit anymore. I watched, for example, a few years ago. Here's an example. I watched Black Panther. I hadn't seen it. It came out, I don't know, 2017, something like that. I think I watched it in 2019. And I uh, tweeted about watching Black Panther. I was like, kind of boring. That's what I said. I was like, fine, it was okay, I don't know. I was bored. I, and I was, like, I genuinely, when I watched the movie, I was bored the entire time. I thought it was a very boring movie. The first thing that happens, because, you know, as soon as you tweet something negative about something that somebody's a fan of, that people start freaking out. And I, this dude was lighting me up. He was like, oh, you're you're racist. You're this, you're that, whatever else. And I just sat there and took it for a while. And I was like, and, and, and like, I just watched all his replies stack up and stack up. And I was like, buddy, I thought the movie was boring. And I, th- I believe in my initial comment, I said, I believe this is like good. Like, you know, this representation that they're bringing in of like, you know, this, uh, like, at, so, you know, African, like this, like really cool. Like I thought that a lot of like the concepts and some of the art and the representation was cool, but the movie's boring. I'm sorry. The movie's boring. There's nothing cool about it. that final scene sucks so bad. And it's just like a green screen with like CGI over effects. Like there's no art. There's no beauty in it at all. And like, I can get good shit elsewhere so i was like hey this is boring as hell this dude freaks out on me of course you know i think he his goal right was like call attention and like i should be embarrassed about saying that i didn't like the movie but it's a bad it's not good it's boring they all are we went and saw thor love and thunder i wanted to jump out of a window that shit sucked so bad 
There wasn't even funny jokes in it. The best part was like they got Christian Bale to play Gore, the like God butcher, God fighter, God butcher, Gore the God butcher. I think it's his name. It sounds better that way. He was cool, and then he just does that stupid little, oh, they're right behind me, isn't he? Humor, like, halfway through, completely counter to his character. And, like, in the theater, there's, like, a bunch of people who laughed, and I'm just like, okay, this is for 12-year-olds. This isn't for me. Right? That's when I figured it out. I was like, okay, it's for, like, 10-year-olds who don't who, who don't get it. But, like, there's people, 30-year-old men, 40-year-old men, who will defend it vehemently as some sort of expressive piece of media and i just think that that is a good represent like the, there's you know all the different people there's like three categories that i'm separating people into there's the people who are like oh you can't say that i can't believe that like martin scorsese would think these things it's like he doesn't think what travis thinks in taxi driver travis is the medium in which he is portraying these concepts and they and it's just not it's it's just very frustrating. And then there's the ones, oh, you can't make anything anymore. You can make anything. Now that you can make in the 70s, you can make anything. Oh, you they couldn't make a movie like Blazing Saddles. I vehemently disagree. You could you could make Blazing Saddles at any time and it would be as popular as it is as it was whenever it was released because it's a great movie. And it does things tastefully. It doesn't do things in a bad way. It does it like you know whatever. It you know the townspeople in Blazing Saddles, they suck. They would still suck now. They sucked then, and maybe I think maybe you, the worst that you could get right would be like the worst like blowback you would get is from these idiots the idiots the vocal i would say probably vocal minority because the reality is like most people are normal most people are just going to consume some media and go okay i watched that i liked it or i didn't like it and then they'll move on they won't even talk about it but it's these very vocal people and people on like that that was the most frustrating part is like this guy was like oh you can't make this stuff anymore you are part of a media production team of a popular podcast you can make this stuff anymore. You should know that. People will consume it. It's just, it, I mean, it, it's another political framing of media as this, like, you're trying to either water it down to a point where it's just blah, and it's just this Marvel bullshit. And the thing is, right, I say all this stuff, I will watch the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I like James Gunn. I liked the writing team that they put on that. Some of the scenes look good, but I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of the scenes won't because they don't infuse in it. The only ones that infuse any color in any of the Marvel movies are like Taika Waititi, who sucked at Thor Love and Thunder. That movie sucked, even though Ragnarok was fun, at least. And, uh, and James Gunn will infuse some color in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not watching... Fucking Quantumania. I'm not watching that shit. I don't know. Maybe I've ran it. Maybe this is nothing. Maybe this is incoherent babble. But at the end of the day, there's no good, there's no standard anymore for consuming and speaking about media. Because as soon as you say, oh, I like or I didn't like this thing, you have a thousand people coming to snap your neck because, oh, well, they shouldn't have said this, or, well, you just can't make anything good anymore, or, oh, well, whatever. It's like, oh, you can't make things that are, like, overtly racist? Yes, you can. Ben Shapiro does it every day. 
Alex Jones has been doing it for years. You can make things that are overtly racist and bad, but you can also make things that have bad or complex characters in them that make you think because that's how humans are. One, uh, we watched The Menu recently. Fine movie. I didn't love it, didn't hate it, thought it was fine. And one thing that I really enjoyed about, but one thing that I really enjoyed about that movie was the character that played the chef. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it, but the character that played the chef, he is, you know, a troubled artist. He's like a genius, whatever, chef guy. I don't know. I thought a lot of the characters were insufferable. They were meant to be insufferable. He was not one that I found insufferable. I actually liked him. And he was, you know, he had a deep, if you have seen the movie, you understand he had a, he had a bit of a deep complexity to him where it's like, he loves his art. He appreciates his art. He puts his art out there regardless of whatever he wants to do. And he generally has a problem with the way some people consume it because they don't appreciate it for what it is. I would see Scorsese, I would see Spielberg as people in the same way where like they put something out there, right? Even, uh, what's her, what's her name? Um, oh shoot. She, uh, Olivia Wilde. I did not like her latest movie. Uh, the one she directed, uh, the one with Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was pretty mid, but you know what? She made an original story, beautiful visual effects, by the way. It looked fantastic. The setting was really interesting. The visuals are really good. I just thought that the story was boring and it didn't didn't do anything for me. But, like, I can appreciate it for the fact that it's something different. And they put, uh, don't worry, darling. I can appreciate it that it was a unique story that was kind of put out there. And it was creatively interesting. I just didn't like it, right? That's completely fine. And I would much rather watch a movie that I didn't like than watch the same movie 75 times and go, well, that was a masterpiece. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was Ant-Man 57, and I don't give a shit about it. I just don't care. For exa- Here's another example of how this like watered-down bullshit just continues. We watched... This was, a, this was like a year and a half ago, maybe. We watched one of those... Disney Plus, it was some Marvel thing, I don't know, Kat and I just threw it on, and it was like a 30 minute thing where like a bunch of the Avengers turned into zombies, because I thought, oh, that'll at least be fun, right, you'll get to watch some like, some like cartoon about like a zombie Captain America like ripping people's heads off, that's cool, and some of it was, like it looked good at least, but like the writing was just so bland and ugh and it had no emotional depth at all and there was a scene where there's like four people i don't know all their names one of them's name is peggy i think she's like the captain america british version or something i don't know regardless one of them gets turned into a zombie and uh the wasp who is ant-man's friend turns really small and flies into the mouth of the zombie woman now. This is her friend. They have canonically in this story established themselves as people who know each other and seemingly care about one another. And then she grows really big and explodes her. And then like two seconds later, like she looks at her body with like blood all over and goes, Oh, I've got Peggy all over me. And it's meant to be a joke, right? The problem with that joke is that, number one, it's not funny. I mean, it's a very obvious, like, oh, I've got so-and-so all over me, right? That's like a very, like, non-funny, 
whatever. I can appreciate an attempt at humor. I don't even see that as an attempt at humor at this point, and maybe that's just my personal belief, but I think that, like, in order to be funny, sometimes you have to push an envelope a little bit to where, like, maybe that happening and her looking down at herself in horror, maybe that's not humorous, but at least the situation is so wild that, like, someone could laugh, right? That's, like, the the line between horror and comedy is really low. That's why a lot of, like, dark comedy or horror comedies work because there is this line, right, that you don't quite that like you can push up to and not quite get. And it's just kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Or, Oh, that's so crazy. And then you end up laughing or whatever, because as soon as, you know, you're watching Blair witch project and something, you know, like creeps you out or whatever, you feel uncomfortable and you giggle or you just, you're like, Oh, you know, this heightened, like in this context, she should have been horrified because her friend, like she shows no emotional depth. There's no depth at all. And I'm criticized like this is low tier criticism. But like there are 40-year-old men who defend that shit like on the uh, like in public. And I just watch it, I see that and I just go this is like oh, I don't know. I've rambled for a while and I could talk about this all day. It's something I think about a lot, but I don't know how to quite put it into words. And maybe that's because I myself like want to be creative and I want to make things and do little, you know, like little stories about like an alien man outside of a bar, right? Just like stupid non sequiturs or whatever. Like I, you know, I want to do that stuff. So maybe it's just me coming from that standpoint of like, I enjoy to some extent making a bit of media here and there and consuming a lot of media and the like, criticisms quote unquote that you see every day are just like this horrid vapid bullshit that doesn't make any sense i don't know we can get into football now but i just wanted to say that so let's transition a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna read us off from most points stored to least points stored this is not reflect you know i'll say the record number one most points stored James Boyko, Holy Gaslighters, 1,905 points, 1,638 points against. He had a per-game differential of plus 19.1. Didn't get him the championship, but he led him to a 10-4 and record. That's really good. Tim was second in points score, 1,832 uh, to 1,597 points against, 16.8 uh, was his point differential. That's crazy. He had one of the fewest points against, if not the fewest, I think it was third fewest. Yeah. 11 and three record. He didn't end up winning the lead. He ended up fourth, but regardless, very good. Uh, Jeremy comes up next, 1805 to 1711. It's a plus 6.7 per game point differential, 11 and three. Good season, ended third, not half bad. Then we come up to Weston. Weston was fourth in the lead point store. Of course, he won the championship at 7-7. Seven and seven. He had a negative point differential. You understand that? He won the lead with a negative per game point differential. He stored 17.52. He had 1,830.36 points against him. He was had the second highest points against him in the lead. He had to store every point that he did. Five. And he finished fifth, actually. 7-7 seven, seven was Eric. 
1743 points just below Weston. He had a positive point differential, but just barely at point six. 1734 points against. He only scored nine more points uh, than he had scored against him, but he still ended with a positive per game point differential at seven and seven. Six, we had uh, Justin's Fields of Means. That's Peter. 1702 was his final score. 1589.54. I'm pretty sure he had. He had the second fewest points against in the league. Um, he ended with a positive point di- per game point differential of plus 8.1. Ended with an 8-6 and six record. Was one of the reasons that I was out of the playoffs. Speaking of me, 7-me. I went 7-7. Seven and seven, Finished. Technically, ESPN says 11th, but I'm going to say that Charles and I were tied for last. I scored 16.75, had 17.13 scored against me. It's a negative 2.8 per game point differential. Had a really good second half of the year. My first half of the year was shit. Uh, Coming up next, we have Connor. Connor went 6 uh, 16.70, 16.76. He had a negative 0.4 point differential. Uh, Pretty mid. Connor and I are kind of in that mid tier. Uh, Me, you know, Eric, Connor, Peter. Harry, who also went seven and seven, sixteen oh six, fifteen eighty one, plus one point eight for Harry, seven and seven, still not bad. Uh, then we had uh, Michael at ten, one and thirteen, but he had, I'm pretty sure, by far, yeah, by far the most points scored against him, by ninety nine points, he had the most points scored against him, negative twenty. Oh, sorry, uh, Harry, you had a plus one point eight. Point per game point differential, still kind of in that mid tier. Michael negative twenty two point four point per game point differential, by far the worst in the league. I think the second closest to him was by eight points, uh, point per game point differential. Eighteen ninety nine scored against him, only fifteen eighty five scored. One and thirteen, but he didn't end up finishing last. He ended up finishing seventh in the league because he had a nice second half of the year, or at least a good enough second half of the year. Beat me in the playoffs. And, uh, hey, Nebu. Let him feature on the podcast. Okay, Nebu's going to feature on the podcast. So, can get him to say something? Yeah, you can get him to say something. I think, the, I think that growl was captured. Yeah, that was Naboo. His growl was captured. A cat shook his paw, and he doesn't like it when you touch his paw. 11th in the lead, we had Craig at uh, 1569, 1707. He had negative 9.9 differential, 6-8 record. Kind of tapered off second half of the year. Had a good start. I thought we had drafted him a... Uh, I honestly thought we had drafted him a, a winner in the first few weeks with Lamar Jackson going crazy, but Lamar getting hurt, had a few injuries, and just didn't turn out. Twelfth in scoring in the lead was Charles, three and eleven record. Um, uh, points for was fifteen forty seven. Points against was seventeen forty six point two. Had a negative fourteen point two differential, and as we know, we had the. Uh, essentially, what we're going to call a tie for last place between Charles and myself. Uh, in the deciding game for the pee-pee-poo-poo head of the year. So we will share that crown. 
If we look at the rankings overall, it goes Weston, James, Jeremy, Tim, Eric, Peter, Michael, Harry, Connor, Craig, and then me and Charles tied at the bottom. Um, so that can give you just an idea of how things went overall. Um, now we can, you know, we can we can decide uh, for next year if if there is a deciding game, and this is my opinion, right? If there's a deciding game, uh, such as what happened in the pee pee poo head of the year, where there is something that goes wrong, so I, I would say this with any game, any game at all. So regular season, right? Let's say you something you know unfortunate like the Demar Hamlin situation with Buffalo, and luckily he's doing very well. He had an interview right before the Super Bowl. Um, Let's say something like that occurs, right, uh, in a regular season game. I would say that it should just default to whoever scored the most points at that time. So if a game gets canceled, uh, canceled, not suspended. If it gets suspended, we can adjust the points later on. Like they, if they make up the game later on, we can just take whatever points that they were going to have. But if it gets completely canceled, you move past it, like the game with the Bills and the Bengals. Um, then I say whoever has the most points at the time of the cancellation wins. If it's a deciding game like Charles and myself, or if it had happened between Weston and uh, James, then I say um, we should also, if the game is completely canceled, take whoever is ahead at the time. Now, we're not going to do this for this past year right, with the game between me and Charles because that would lead to me winning. There is a reality in which Joe Mixon does not score, uh, whatever, what was it, 4.5 points or whatever, 4 point, you know, five, five points or whatever it would have to be. There's a chance that Joe Mixon doesn't score those points. I end up winning the game anyway. But... If we want to be fair, then I think we just call it a wash. We say it's a tie, or we can go with you know someone off Charles's bench. I can lose. But I think moving forward, what we can say for next year is that if like during the pee pee poo head or during the finals match, if a game gets canceled because of some reason like that, then whoever is ahead at that time wins, right? If a game is canceled and it is deciding. Now, if somebody's up by 50, right? If I was up by 50 on Charles and then that game gets canceled, the likelihood of Joe Mixon scoring 50 is very low. I think we just we just roll with it and say, okay, I was going to win anyway. It's so close, though, let's just call it a draw, right? Call it a draw. Um, I'm fine with sharing a punishment. Um, Charles has said that he's fine with sharing a punishment. He actually volunteered. He was like, hey, listen, technically I lost. You know, I should get the punishment. You shouldn't. And I said, no, we're going to just, we're just going to split it, right? We're both nice guys. We both get along. So we're just going to do that. Um, but I think in the future, what we do, if there's a deciding game, a playoff matchup, whatever else, as soon as that game is canceled, we take the points that you had. Is it fair? I don't know. Life isn't fair. That's just how it goes sometimes, right? is what it is i'll hear arguments for and against it i'm sure in the group chat but i think this is probably just what we're going to do right if the game if something like that happens hopefully never happens again probably will happen again then you just move on you just say hey the store is the store 
Whoever's ahead at the time wins it. And if it comes down to a huge argument, let's say it's tied at 100 apiece, 100 flat. There's a tie 100 apiece. In the playoffs, it's a deciding game. We go with the team that had scored more points in the regular season. That's just more. That's just fair. That's just more fair, right? We don't go with record. We go with points. Points are the reason that you move on. Now, there are arguments for and against that. I understand that. But that's just not how it works, right, in the real world. Score more points, get more better. We don't play defense in this. We have defenses, but they provide us points. So I think if it defaults to a tie or whatever in the playoffs, we go with the team that scored more points in the regular season, and that's how we should move on. I don't really care. If you guys don't like you know that, feel free to toss suggestions in, out, or around it, or I'll clear up any confusions in the group chat. But I think at this point, that's what we're going to go with. Um, now, I have uh, an exclusive interview with the Hog of the Year coming right up. Let's kick it to Will and Weston post-Super Bowl interview. Hello, and what is good, fam? Your boy may have had three or four Miller Lights and... Uh, Two gin and tarts, one a little bit heavier on the gin than the other, but uh, it's just post Super Bowl. It is 9:46 p.m. Central Time on 2/12/2023, and we are listening to the final episode of the Biohards Podcast for the 2022-2023 season. The Chiefs have just won the Super Bowl from a score of 38 to 35. Honestly, a score that I could not have expected. Um, I did not see uh, the Chiefs overcoming that, but when you have the best quarterback in the league, that's what you get. And I think that's what we all need to accept. When you have one of the greatest coaches of all time and you have one of the greatest quarterbacks or the greatest quarterback in the league, but one of the greatest quarterbacks, honestly, I'm ready to say physically ever, right? Because before right, the last 20 years, it's just been a bunch of like shit ass old men um, and Dan Marino and uh, not much else. And then uh, we finally started letting black people play quarterback and uh, they've gotten better. So, uh, let's face it, right? We're in the age of the quarterback. Physically, Patrick Mahomes is the most gifted quarterback in the league. Jalen Hurts put up a great fight, had a fantastic game. Let's go ahead and look at his stats real quick. Uh, Jalen Hurts actually had you know, the most rushing yards of the game. 15 carries for 70 yards, three touchdowns. He had a passing touchdown. Devonta Smith went off, too. Seven receptions for 100 yards. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Um, the real story of the night, though, is the you know, Chiefs defense be able to recover a fumble to get all the way back. And we had two one-seeds play each other in the Super Bowl. It's kind of interesting. Both uh, with a similar amount of points allowed, similar amount of points scored. The Chiefs had a little bit better offense. Eagles a little bit better defense, but that can go either way. And so what I want to say, number one, is... Uh, before anything, 
Congratulations off top to not only the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but to our champion, the People's Champion, the number one team in the league and in our hearts, and that belongs to Weston, who is right here with me. Weston, uh, why don't you go ahead and say what you uh, would like to say. Um, I just entered the room with a couple of cupcakes and a beer. Go ahead and set that on our coaster for me real quick. You, you know what? You can just set it right here. That'll, this is the that'll work. You can put it right on that napkin right there. That'll work. <laughs> got a new desk, yeah. so I'm trying to... Uh, it's a nice desk. Keep the, nice keep desk. The, I'm trying to keep the uh, condensation rings off of it. Yeah. Um, not much to say. I'm just... I don't think... I, I throw the question to the league... If you had a perfect year in fantasy, three years you win, top dog, and during that your favorite NFL team keeps winning, and then tonight your favorite NFL team, the Kansas City Chiefs win, what do you do then? You have to quit. Like where do you go? And Weston, I, I want to ask that question. And, and Weston, I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. So the Chiefs <laughs> obviously number one seed in. The AFC West, right? AFC. The number one seed in the AFC, right? Uh, But your team, your fantasy football team, not the number one seed. 7-7. Right, 7-7. Like, I am one win away from knocking you out of the playoffs. You understand that? Like, that's the situation we live in. Like, if I win one of those six games, like two of those six games that we have at the beginning of the season, if I stop relying on Russell Wilson and I put in – Jared Goff or Geno Smith for one of those games. I win. I end up knocking you out of the playoffs, and you end up like you ended up such a ruiners, right? Such a different situation, right? Than than the Chiefs were in. Do you do you feel satisfied from having won in every single way now? Because you've not only won as a dominant force in the league two years in a row. But you've also won as kind of an underdog, as a seven and seven wild card team. Do you feel satisfied with that? I do because it it, it didn't feel like wild close to the mic. Close closer. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you're close, decent. Okay. Decent I'll, okay. I'll cut this part out. <laughs> yeah, cut cut this whole thing out. Um, no, not the whole thing. Okay. Um, I never felt like a wild card. I feel like I kept emphasizing that. Like I was seven and seven. But, like, that, I always emphasize the fucking fact. Can I curse on this show? You can curse. I'll have to mark it as explicit, but you can curse. Ah, okay. Well, I just won't curse. This fucking show, this fucking league, I could tell, just, like, looking at points scored, I always brought up how I was fourth most points scored during the regular season. I was always doing great. I just had bad matchups. To me, it was just always clear that I was the best team. It was so clear. And everyone was like, well, the thing is, you don't have great receivers. I had the best quarterback, very close, Jalen Hurts. And then I had the best running backs. I had Austin Eckler. I had, thank you, Connor. I Ramondre Stevenson. I had that. Goodbye, Mark Anderson. Hello, Clyde. Mark, Mark Andrews. Mark. <laughs> goodbye, Mark Andrews. We're both drunk. It goodbye, matter. Mark. No, it doesn't matter. Um, goodbye, Mark Andrews. Every week's a new tight end. I'll figure it out. 
Hello, Zach Wilson. <laughs> I, I haven't seen pulled up no, in the other. No, wait, wait, keep, the, keep it right here. Yeah, 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 Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep it right here. Just, yeah, close that. Keenan Allen, injured for eight weeks. Had him. Still amazing. So then who is the manic team's receivers? Brandon Ayuk. Jacoby Myers. These are names you don't care about. But guess what? They put up enough fucking numbers. Enough. enough. They put up numbers. And I think. And I think what it's we're interesting. And I think what we're good. We're getting back to here, right? Like I, I, I had the number one pick in the off season. Typically, what the number one pick means statistically is you have a fifty percent chance of winning the league. You really? understand that? No. Statistically, I didn't. across all formats, if you have the number one pick. Across history, now we're talking about history with a much more it's running weird. back century I've never lead. Heard that. Okay. A much more okay. running back century lead. You have the you have a fifty percent chance of winning the lead. Not only you know making whatever, winning however many points you winning the lead. So, wow. I picked Jonathan Taylor. I picked Javante Williams. Those are my first two cool. picks. Okay. Javante Williams is on IR by week three. Uh, Jonathan Taylor ends up playing like what seven out of eighteen weeks. 8 out of 18 weeks. 9 out of 18 weeks. Doesn't matter. Half or less than half of the year. All that doesn't matter. I focused on wide receiver. Middle rounds. I was like, let's go for the upside guys. Michael Pittman. Let's go for the upside guys. Can we go on... That's not touch. Uh, could you go on history? Or uh, yes. I could draft... We, we, we draft recap, yeah. Let's, let's go that. draft okay. recap real quick. So I can track you, because this is on your... Jonathan Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, okay. Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Wilson because you took Jalen Hurts. I was going to take Jalen Hurts here. Okay. Chase, honestly, I would have won one or two more games. I would have been in the playoffs. You would have been out. If you take not Jalen Hurts here in the sixth round. If you figure out Geno, though. Yeah, but I wouldn't have started Geno earlier in the year. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have been normal. Because I thought he was a – I thought he was a – The thing is, Rat, I took Russell Wilson because I bet on the fact of his entire career until that point. Right. Yeah. As any reasonable person would. Yeah. As everyone did. I lost. I also bet on Chase Edmonds, who ended up getting traded halfway through the year and didn't do anything in Denver. Uh, Cole Komet actually turned out to be a decent pick. Uh, Cole Komet actually ended up to be a top eight uh, tight end, but tight end's weird. I took Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. He's no good. Took Alexander Madison. Fine. Jahan Dotson. Good. Julio Jones, no good. Jamal Williams, mm. amazing, but I traded him. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Palmer, okay. <laughs> Khalil Herbert, fine. Ravens, DST, no. whatever. Jason Sanders, who cares? Okay. Uh, Jason Sanders, I ended up cutting before re- you, week one. Can you, Will, give us direction? Give me direction. I, I feel confident when I play fantasy. Next year, tight ends. Is there any fucking like so for, for, with that. first oh, okay friggin', friggin', that's a great question friggin', yeah great question please great question um, good post. question let me let me let me get into what i was about to say okay. first your team did enough at wide receiver to continue because the fact Jeez. of the matter is we play ppr 
Because I think that's the right way to play, right? I think if you want, even though we're in a heavier passing lead, if you want to play a fair game. Now, a lot of people say if you want to play a fair game, play half PPR. If you want to play a rudimentary game, play no PPR. If you want to play a little bit of an advanced, if you want to play a little bit like, I don't know. I I don't know how to say it. I, I guess it's like... Dynasty. If you want to play a weird game, play full PPR. We play a weird game. We play full PPR. It's pretty reasonable. But that's what we go with. Half PPR is the standard. Whatever. I'm not suggesting we move to half PPR. I don't really like half PPR. I prefer full PPR. Because I think a reception is valuable. Even if it's a one reception for two yards on first down, you're at second and eight. It it's is. way that's different than second and ten. It is reception it, saved my year. I would not have won without receptions. without Jacoby Myers. You don't Jacoby win. Myers being bam bam bam. Yeah, he yeah. gets receptions. That's okay. the fact. Yeah, Jacoby reception Myers. Austin Eckler. Yeah. Austin uh, Eckler. Yeah. Without receptions, you don't win the chip. Okay. If we want to win, your receivers have to do enough, but you have to hit on running back. You're the number one running back in the league. Austin Eckler. You're the number eight running back in the league. Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson. Thank uh, you, right? Connor. Thank you, Connor. Ramondre Stevenson. Mark nine, nine. Mark, not number Mark not eight. Will, do you have like, quick comments? I made that trade with I said Connor. it was dumb. I said you it was said dumb. It was dumb. Now, what do you say? I'd say it's smart. I'd say it's fine. It was it a chance that I figured that out or... Uh, yes. He still was tight end four. He still was tight end four. He still ended tight end four. Honestly, I, well, you know what? He still ended. He he was close injury for whatever reason watching those games. Bro, bro. I was going to say like tight end was like his weird situation. His last weeks were six, one, seven, five, 20 for a tight end. That's not bad. Six, one, seven, five, 20 is fine for a tight end. 20 is amazing for a tight end. Six one seven five regular for a time. Look at those stats compared to the randos I picked up. Uh, all I'm the saying is everyone picked up in the league. All I'm saying is if we're being real, if we're being if we're being real, if we're being reasonable here, right? Juwan Johnson, I would Where pick him you? up. And Where's he, your fucking team? God damn it! I'm so drunk. Look at uh, random Juwan Johnson. Weeks. 22, 1, 9, 11, 2. That's what I'm saying. No, the, the, well, so one, these, nine. The, these were weeks we were not playing. No, these three are the ones we're playing. 22, Which, 1, 9, 11, Look two. at everything else. 11, uh, uh, 6, 3, 8, 0, 0. 6, 3, 2, 3, and 8, I, 1, 20. And for whatever reason, these, I would put... You can play that, though. Pause, pause. These I would six, play 100. Pause, Henry, pause. Sorry, these okay. 6, 3s and 8, 0s are normal. Right? If you look at... And I'm not... Listen, bro. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm I know. Saying, I'm saying, like, I would finesse... It's a p- position you finesse. I'm so saying Mark Andrews is irrelevant. The, he had, he was injured this. He got injured early this week. Okay, so the zero four doesn't count. Three five and three seven are the two lowest uh, amounts. If you don't count the zero point four, but the zero point four, he got injured. Six three was the next week, but he was he was pretty injured. He was out the next two weeks. Okay. If you don't, if you don't look at that, fuck my tits. I'm so goddamn drunk. Don't say that on the podcast. You have to bleep it. Oh out. shit! Okay, I'll bleep. I'll bleep it. Bleep. If you, um, if you look, okay. Lexi, you. What I'm saying is what? Lexi. Ah! 
God! <laughs> Lexi, say hi to the podcast. Hi. Cat, say hi to the podcast. Hi. What's the matter? I just put hydrogen peroxide in my ear. Where'd you get hydrogen peroxide? Rooster You ruined the podcast. You ruined our football. Wait, show. you edit? No, 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 you're not ruining it. You I, edit this on like my movies. I'm joking. It's called Audacity. This is like, it's a free program. Movie no, no, it's just a rudimentary uh, editing software. It's but it's actually it, rudimentary. It's actually pretty good. I, yeah. I use it quite a bit. It's pretty simple, but it's nice. Anyway, you got wide receivers that did enough. So, yes, Connor had okay success with his team from an efficiency standpoint because he had Justin Jefferson. But if he doesn't have Austin Eckler, if he doesn't have Ramondre Stevenson, okay. and you have them, then he ends up. Not as good as your seven and seventeen that ended up winning the chip. So you've done everything. Yes. Moving forward, how do you feel? Moving forward. Yes. Because you will be a part of this league. Actually, wait. I. Like, You're I, in the history of this league. You are the greatest oh, manager in the history of this league. Yeah. Um. I actually, I, I would like to point out that you, yeah, Van for a bit because I have a speech. I would like to point out that we are directly below my degree from the trustees of the University of Tennessee on the recommendation of the faculty here conferred on William Harris Kirkpatrick the degree of Bachelor of Science. I got a degree in ecology and evolutionary biology. Now it does not say what Cat says that is right over there. It says. Trustees University of Tennessee on the recommendation of the faculty conferred on Caitlin Savannah Reynolds on the degree of Bachelor of Science cum laude. Mine does not say cum laude, but I would like to say that all that sounds like is cum loud. I'm going to go ahead and turn that over to Weston real quick. He has a speech prepared. Oh, you should eat a cupcake. You should eat cupcake. I'm drinking beer. I don't really think that will go well. No. Why does beer not pair with cupcake? I don't like yeast, two yeasty things. I like a juxtaposition. I think everyone knows exactly. Oh, oh, wait, never mind. Fuck State Farm. Fuck State Farm. No, I'm just indifferent. No, no, about you them. need to be happy with State Farm because that's Patrick Mahomes' main sponsor. Oh, my bad. Okay. Wait, wait, my bad. God damn it. Isn't this on your fucking notes app? Where's Peebo? She's in her room. Oh, that's why she's yelling. I call her Peebo. Here's the reason why I call my cat Sticks Peebo. She, when she was a baby, she couldn't poop right, so I had to wipe her butt with a little towel. And I would say, she, imagine you've got pee in your butt. And then I started calling her Pee Butt, and when she started pooping, right. And then uh, from then on, Pee Butt changed to Peebo, and so I call her Peebo all the time. Going to go ahead and turn this back over to Weston, who I think has found his speech now. Never mind, he has not found his speech, so I'm going to go ahead and vamp a little bit more. I think it's interesting to look at the career of Damian Harris, who was a legend at Alabama, very good at Alabama. Maybe not a legend, but very good at Alabama. I thought he was consistently good for years, and then... On the Patriots, he just turned into one of these regular guys, right? I think he could be a very, very good running back. I honestly do. I, I, I have actually drafted him in fantasy drafts on Madden before, like when I'm drafting running back late, and I'm like, you know what? I'll take him, and I get like 17 touchdowns in a year with him because, like, 
I love power backs. That's just a thing of mine. But, like, if you rush with him, if you really try, he can average a decent amount. Like, his averages this year, not out of this world, but, I mean... If we're if we're being real here, he averaged four. He's averaged four point seven yards a carry over his career. He averaged four point four yards a carry this year. Man, he had fifteen touchdowns last year. That's just crazy. I remember having him in fantasy during that fifteen touchdown year. That guy was crazy. And so, I think what we need to focus on besides Damian Harris's career is uh, what our champ, what Weston Perrine. My, I would say. Very, very good friend. Lover. Yeah. Uh, One of my best friends ever. Me too. I would venture to say. Ever. I'm not kidding. I'm not either. I know, man. You, Connor, a few other people. Um, Very few other people. Clay, my buddy Clay in college, he was a very good friend. I, I I would probably say for you was, Zach and Noah like pe- people sure. you don't know from Nebraska yeah like, sure sure my, Bryce Zach Ambern Cody Murphy yeah. these guys that uh, Zach and Cody it's kind of funny <laughs> kind recently of Zach Ambern started a group chat with me and Cody and he started quoting the ASDF movies from Tomska turns out Tomska is a right wing lunatic no yeah no. unfortunately. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and let Weston go on with his speech, but I just want to say real quick that Weston is one of my very good friends. Uh, I think every now and then you find a person who you can... There's a deeper level to your communication in life where you can mess around and you can feel completely comfortable messing around and being yourself with. Weston's one of those rare people where you find that you're comfortable actually and i know that you know whatever you can say this is vamping for a podcast or whatever it's not because this is only going out to like 12 people weston actually is one of the few people that genuinely i feel like he is trying to be his genuine self at all times not even trying just being his genuine self and he makes me truly happy i'm going to turn this over to our champ weston perrine i got icing on that (laughs) On the mic. mic. On the mic. <laughs> Icing on the mic. Oh, well, I feel the same way. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's get into my retirement speech. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think someone's a No, pro- no, you're good. Okay. Oh, I've just... Feel, okay. <laughs> Together. Um, I think everyone knows exactly... What the circumstances are right now in terms of my decisions not to play the game of fantasy anymore. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to want to play like some like catch football somewhere else. But I've talked with my confidants, my family, some of my close friends like Will. I even talked with my estranged uh, stepsister. I'm very solid with my decision of not to play the game of fantasy football anymore. The reason being, I've heard a lot of different speculations about my reasons for not playing, but I've always stressed to playing that have known me, or people that have known me, that the media has always followed me 
when I lose the sense of motivation and the sense to prove something. I don't think I need to prove anything anymore. I think I proved everything. It's not because I don't love fantasy or that I don't love any of you. I love fantasy football. I love professional football. I always will. I just feel that at this particular time in my career, I've reached the pinnacle of my uh, what what I can do. I've achieved I've achieved a lot in that short amount of time. <laughs> if you want to call it short, but I just feel that I don't have anything else to prove for myself or you. I think I ended with this. Remember what I told you about yardage. You have to get yardage to get downs. And you gotta get that yardage to get first downs. Those first downs will lead to more first downs. And those first downs will lead to touchdowns. And ultimately, that leads to points. Rule of threes. Go ahead and get me a couple of uh, your jalapeno poppers that you brought. (coughs) You heard it. He's done. Now, you can criticize him. You can say he didn't meet his true potential. And what I would like to say is, how many championships do you have in this league? You have zero. Because there's been three that have been available and there's been three that hey Naboo Naboo just came out of his room he's super excited to be out and about amongst the people there's been three that's been available and there's been three that's been taken all three by Weston but what does it truly mean does it mean what you think it means does it mean that you've reached the pinnacle of fantasy football you can brag for a summer, you can buy for a spring and a summer leading into the next year and then you can vamp the entire year about how you're the champion or does it mean that you're the person who's able to sit at a computer at a desk in a comfortable chair, comfortable enough chair at least, and ask someone else to get you jalapeno poppers because you just kind of want them on a whim and you're drunk in your house. I would ask who's the real winner. Is Weston the winner because he won all the games and because he statistically drafted the best team and because he traded very few? Or is he the man who is getting me jalapeno poppers right now? That's the question you need to ask yourselves. So when he comes back and he gives his concluding remarks and he says what he needs to say, think about what I'm saying right now. Think about the fact that he got me jalapeno poppers. Cat, do you have anything you need to say to the people? No. You heard it here first, folks. She has nothing to say to the people. Let's go on to where's Weston? He is making you jalapeno poppers. He's making me jalapeno poppers. Well, Isn't that a surprise?
Are you finishing off the year? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, what's up? Go ahead and give your concluding remarks. Okay. Um, um let me give two seconds. Ooh, I promise you two seconds. Thank you. Put it on. Oh, okay. Or at least a royalty free version of it. Okay. You apply it, I don't give a shit. Okay, we'll do it that way. My friend, I'd say it clear. I said my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Regrets I've had a few. But not this season. But then again, <laughs> I had the best too season. Too much to mention. The Chiefs won. I did. In fantasy, I won. What I had to do. And I saw. And I saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course. Each careful step. Along the byway And more Much more than this I did it my way Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I bit off More than I could chew And through it all when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall. He did. And did it my manic way. Manic. Boys, I think it's important to remember. I had my fill. That he did it his way. If you look out and you doubt that this man could do anything less than what he is fully capable of, I did all that. I ask that you look at Jacoby Myers. I ask that you look at Austin Eckler. I ask that you oh, look no. at his draft class. Oh, no. Look at the Not trades me. that he made. And say that he didn't I do it his it way. But he did it way. his way. There's a man that's finished. What him. has he got? Let's finish it. If not himself, then he has not to say the things. He truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels.
the record shows I took the blows and did it my way. his way folks if you doubt it if you question it one little bit you would be completely incorrect Weston Perrine has exited the group chat